0: Merry Christmas, Faith Promise. It is great to see you. Happy Jesus' birthday. Our worship's been electric, and we are just super stoked that you chose to worship with us. You being here worshiping with our spiritual family, well, it takes our worship to a whole nother level. You're the reason that God founded this church. You're the reason that we keep adding more sites and more services because God wants you to be a part of all that he's doing at Faith Promise Church. You know, whether you are a Christ follower from decades past or whether you're just a seeker this weekend, wondering, contemplating, kicking the tires as it were, no matter where you were on the spiritual spectrum, the invasion of God on planet Earth, the incarnation, the advent, is literally one of the greatest things on the historical calendar. It literally split time BC and AD. It is a glorious event w- filled with wonder, and it is so worth our contemplation, our study, our thought, our just, just thinking about it. The scripture says that day was Emmanuel, God with us. I don't know about you, but man, I am excited about it. It's just thrilling. And so we're, we're just super excited that you came to celebrate this event with us. Again, I said it before, but you being here makes our worship more meaningful. We prayed for you. We planned for you. We believe that God would touch you and bring you here this weekend. So thank you so much. We, we don't take your participation lightly. So we're just, again, so excited to have you with us. Now, this could be your very first time, or maybe you haven't been here in a while. So let me just sort of catch you up. We're in the middle of a series called Love Starts Here. It's literally about taking what you have, what your time, your talent, what what opportunities, what knowledge, what experiences you have, and giving those to God. Because love begins when we say, God, I'll be your hands. I'll be your feet. I want to be used. When you When you step over that line of faith, then love begins at a level that you have never experienced. So again, we're thrilled. Now just as Jesus coming to earth through a virgin is a miracle, what God wants to do through you is a miracle also. It says in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, And she will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, even as huge a miracle as that first Christmas was, God using you is also an astronomical miracle. God taking your hands and your feet and working through you is just unbelievable. So that's what this series is about. And we knew that Christmas would sort of be the capstone in the middle of this series. Because Jesus coming was all about others. We talked about it last weekend. Jesus had this dreaded disease. It's called other He was always focused on others. You know, it doesn't quite make sense, but the more you focus on you, the, the less joy you have. But the more you focus on others, the more you allow God to flow through you. The more you, the more you engage with God and what he's doing in the world, the more joy you have. And that, that's the reason that Christ came. So it's, it's it's just going to be exciting what God wants to do in you and through you. And you know, what saddens me is I watch so many saints, so many Christ followers who really have been infected with otoritis because the heart of Jesus is in them. They have believed lies. They believe, I don't have any time. I don't have any experience. Pastor, I don't have any ability. I really don't know the Bible. I really can't be used by God. You just... Don't know who I am. Well, let me tell you, that is so wrong. No matter your background, no matter where you came from, God wants to use you. Just like happened so long ago on that very first Christmas, love starts here.
1: Morning to you. Please, come in. Come in. I'm not used to folks being in quite this early, but uh, that's okay. I don't have any tea on yet. Hey, can I get you anything? Is everything okay with your room? Oh, you're having trouble sleeping. I understand. Come on and sit down. Keep me company. listen, can I ask you a question? You're here for the census, aren't you? I kind of thought so. I remember the last time the, the Empire wanted to know just how many folks was under their power. That was, that was so long ago. So much has happened since then. Listen, I can tell you the story if you'd like to hear it. Hey, may help you get back to sleep. Well, the day started just like any other day. Early and it was already hot. Let me tell you, the job of a stable hand is not one of glamour or will. No, it's more like toil and work till the sun stops burning. I remember those days. And I don't miss them, I can tell you. I remember the man who hired me. His name was Amos. He was a stern man. Had little patience for a daydreamer like me. They would rather run and play than handle his chores. Still, he was powerfully kind to take me. A homeless orphan with empty pockets and and an even emptier stomach. You see, Mother died in childbirth, and from what they tell me about my father, well, let's just say it was less than admirable. Oh, oh, don't feel sorry for me. Oh, no, there was a lot of youngins had it worse than I did. But, hey, that's a different story. Let's see now. Where was I? Oh yeah, it was a busier day than usual. I remember giving Amos the letter, not being able to read myself. It's from the governor. I asked him its meaning. More menace than master. Just wants to see how many's under his boot. Census, he said. The empire had commanded everybody to go back to the place they were born to be counted or face death. That's mighty inconvenient for families to be uprooted just to go back to where they were born. They said it was for our benefit. We knew better. It meant one thing, taxes, and more of them. Amos hated taxes. Despite all that, he seemed to be in a fairly good mood. I reckon because of all the business it was gonna bring, Wait, did I say Amos owned an inn? Why, it's this very inn where we're sitting. And like now, with all the people returning, it was the fullest I think I'd ever seen. I mean, relatives shared rooms with kin, and some folk even shared with strangers. Amos's wife was worried over the food. I was running as fast as I could, putting up horses, cleaning rooms, carrying satchels, doing all I could to help. At some point during the evening, we were actually having to turn folks away. There just wasn't any place to put anybody. (laughs) You know, I don't know who was more disappointed, the travelers because they couldn't find a place to stay, or Amos because he knew he was losing all them coins. Oh, I remember being in the stable giving the horses their nightly feed. On the horizon, I saw what looked like more travelers, but it was awfully late to be out on the road. As the light grew brighter, I made out two weary souls, a man and a woman. As they approached, I couldn't believe my eyes. The woman was with child. I saw her belly, and I knew birth could happen at the drop of a hat. I also knew we had no room. I began to feel sick knowing Amos was going to send them away. The man slumped under the news of no room. As they walked away, they looked hopeless. And then I had a thought: What about him in the stable with me? I mustered all the courage I had, and I walked over to him. The man was was tired and, and weary. The woman was. Well, she was so exhausted, she couldn't even sit down. But I noticed as he brushed her hair from her cheek that she was she was beautiful. And just the thought of it reminded me of my own mother. So I whispered to her. You, you, you can stay with me. What'd you say? I I sleep in this here stable. It's not much, but it's warm and there's room enough for the both of you. They followed me into the stable and the man laid the woman down in the hay. She looked at me with tear-filled eyes. Thank you. I could tell by their demeanor and their late arrival that they must have come from far away. I stayed out of the way as the man tried to make the woman as comfortable as he could seemed or just something about them was different I asked if there was anything I could get them the man asked for something to put the baby in as if it came that night I had no idea what I was going to find I mean really anything clean enough to hold a baby would be a victim I tore that stable apart like my soul depended
0: and
1: all I could find was an old feed truck. I thought, how could I bring back a dirty old trough? But it's all I had. I tried my best to clean it up. It was embarrassing to show it to the man, but you know I'll never forget what he said. Perfect. The woman was resting now. I guess the exhaustion had finally caught up with her, and the man caressed her hair, he smiled at me. I'm a carpenter. I've never seen sturdier work. Well, it's just dirty old trough. It's not good for much else. Everything has a design. Some are just more simple than others. But each have a wonderful purpose. Well, this right here was wonderfully made to feed pigs. <laughs> not tonight. Tonight it's gonna hold the hope of the world. It can go back to feeding pigs tomorrow. The hope? hope of the world? I didn't believe it myself at first but if there's anything this long trip has taught us it's that the good Lord uses simple things and simple people and simple acts to change the world thank you thank you for your kindness You seemed like the right thing to do what's that? Oh, yeah, she had the baby that same night, baby boy. Who was this man morning? I mean, that was the most confusing, but at the same time, amazing time in my life. They stayed on for about another month, and then they left, and I never saw them or the son again. But I often think about think about what that man said. The the hope of the world, he had said. Oh, I'm sure the man woman's long gone by now. But the son, I wonder what he's doing.
0: wonder where the Son is today. We don't have to wonder. We know that God is everywhere. We know that the Son is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you right now. We know this room is filled with the Son of God. The Mysterium Tremendum is what it says. It's, It's an old saying for the mysteries of God. You know, when we think about God, and God, here with us. We, we think of this ethereal, this way out, far deal. But you know, God still uses the simple things. God still uses the simple people. That's you and me. He said, Not many wise, not many noble are called. And so God is still loving. God is still moving, even through a stable boy. All I have is a feed trough, it's perfect. To hold the Son of the Most High God. Oh yeah, the Lord uses simple things. He's great with simple things. That's not how we think, but that's how, that's how the God of heaven thinks. It says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For a child will be born to us, and a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom. Sounds vast and it is. But still what does God do? God uses small things. And that's still what he, see, God, what God wants us to do is do what we can do. The stable boy just did what he could do. What do we do? We do what we can do, and we let God do what God can do. Because we can do the natural, and God does the supernatural with our natural. He can take a manger and make it the throne of the Son of God entering the world through a virgin. See, God has no limitation. The boy, think about this, the boy provided a manger, But God provided a majestic laser light show for the the shepherds. The boy provided a stable, a place to sleep. God provided a spectacular, majestic choir of angels, a million of them, to announce the entrance of His Son, the advent, the incarnation, the invasion of the Son of God on planet Earth. Wow. A little boy offered his lunch, and Jesus fed 20,000 people. A widow gave two mites in an offering, and Jesus was thrilled, less than a penny. All Moses had was a stick, and yet with that, God delivered the nation of Israel from slavery and brought them to the Promised Land. All Abraham had was faith, and yet through that, God birthed the nation that still exists now some four or 5,000 years later. We do what we can do, and God does what God can do. We do what we can do. We give, we share, we love, we give an encouraging word. And God turns that into his miracle. You see, for whatever reason, God determined eons ago that he would use people. Don't ask me why. Flawed, failed, screwed up, messed up. Come on, let's be real. Faith promises about being raw and real. And it, God chose to use us. I, I, I don't know why, but I'm so excited that He did. I'm glad that I get to be a part. And some of you are a part, and some of you that are brand new, you're going to become a part of the tapestry woven into the story of God that has flown, that has, that has grown through the ages. Now you're about to weave your thread into God's story Into God's tapestry. You're about to be woven into it. Don't be like so many saints who miss the opportunities that God opens up all around them. Every day, God opens up doors, but they miss it. They say, You know, I can't be the hands of Jesus. I, I can't be the feet of Jesus. Wait a minute, Pastor, you don't understand. I don't have anything. I don't, I don't know anything. I could never help anybody. God can never use someone like me. You just don't know where I've, where I've been. You don't know what I've done. Everybody can be used by God. He used a donkey. He used ravens. He used Mary, a little teenage girl from Judea. He can use you. Matter of fact, His design and delight is to use you. Everybody that's experienced God, everybody that's ever been used by God, from the book of Genesis through the Revelation all the way up to this service today, right there at your campus, whichever campuses you're at, all of us that have been a part of that, all we did was give God what little we had and God took and multiplied and blessed what we had and began to use it to touch other people. That's what what God does. Gideon had an army of 32,000 and God said, Oh no, it's way too big and whittle it down to 300. So that when those three hundred men defeated a vast army of the Midianites, God Himself will get all the credit, and God will get all the glory. That's how God works. That's what God wants to do. That's how God wants to use us. We just got to bring what we have. Therefore, it, you say, but it's so small. And when you bring what you have to God, and He uses it, then He gets the credit. He gets all the glory. Have you ever noticed? This is always blown my mind we blame god for everything bad in the world and we take credit for everything that's good every invention everything that happens that's good we say that's our hard work that's our innovation that's our commitment that's really great people but every time it's bad well if god was really good why would this it just always boggle my mind i think we ought to flip it around we should blame us for everything bad and give god the credit for everything, everything that's good because God wants to use you and God wants to use me. Can I just be honest, when God found me, I was absolutely nothing. I, I had an overdose. I was in a hospital, a memorial hospital in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Hadn't been straight for two or three years. Had needle tracks up both my arms. I had wrecked, ruined, devastated my life. I saw no future, I saw no hope. I just, there was no way, there was no, what, what was going to happen with this wrecked, ruined life of a dope dealer and a drug addict? Yet in that bed, I just simply offer up to God, the literally the broken pieces. I'm talking about the devastation of my life. And I had done it. There was no one else to blame. I had just made so many bad choices and hung out with so many people and gone so far down the wrong road. And yet in that, in that hospital room, I said, God, there's not anything left of my life. The pieces are shattered and tattered and broken. But God, you can have these pieces. And God just said, let me have those. And God took those broken pieces and he started mending my life. And he gave me a new heart and he put his spirit in me. And I'm going to tell you, I'm a satisfied customer. It's been 33 years and the journey has been unbelievable. You say, has it been perfect? No. Have there been problems? Sure there have. Have I screwed up more times than I could ever count? There's no question about that. See, becoming a Christian, is—it's a Christ follower, it's not just about going to heaven when you die. It's about a journey of faith here. And I've loved the journey of faith. I love walking with Jesus. I love getting to know the King of heaven That baby that was born in a manger that lived a perfect life, crucified on a cross on Good Friday and resurrected on Easter Sunday morning. Oh, when you know Him, when you give Him your life, it's unbelievable what God can do. Let me ask, is there anybody at any one of our campuses who can, are you glad that you gave your life to Jesus? Some, wait, I can't hear you. Come on, Campbell. What about it, North? Is anybody excited? Come on, let the people know that are here. Let them know how thrilled you are. Come on, somebody give God some praise in the house. Amen, yes, yes, yes. See, can I just talk to many of you that are with us this weekend? That somebody dr- drug you, somebody bribed you, somebody cajoled you, somebody said, I'll buy you lunch or breakfast or dinner or brunch if you'll just go. And you said, I'll go if you'll just get off my back. We're so glad you're here. But can I tell you, this weekend is for you. You had not been in church in a long time. A matter of fact, you th- the, 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 the premise of this season, love starts here, and this message that God could use you, you laugh. Say, preacher, if you had any idea where I've been, if you had any idea what I'd done, you'd count me out. You'd cut me out. Oh, no, because God wants to cut you in. I'll never cut out what God wants to cut in. He wants to bring you into the fold. You say, you don't know where I've been. You don't know the sins I've committed. You just heard me say I was a drug addict and a dope dealer. Can you imagine the evil that I did in my life? I'm the chief of all sinners. And yet Jesus saved me, took the broken pieces of my life and made it something worthwhile, has given me a great family, a wonderful wife, and I get to be a part of this great congregation. Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a satisfied customer. Listen, you, God is bigger than your sin. God's love is bigger than whatever you've done. The blood that was shed at Jesus, I mean, shed on the cross is bigger than anything. He is not such a small God that He can't forgive your sins. Do not believe the lie of hell. God brought you here this weekend because He wants to begin a relationship with you. This is the reason for the season. It's not so that we can buy presents and put up trees. All that's fun. We have fun with it. But the reason for the season was the invasion of God on planet Earth so that 2,000 years later, sitting at a campus of Faith Promise Church, you would be brought here and God would expose you to His great love for you because love truly does start right here today in your heart. I can I can just sense right now your heart beginning to... Beginning to pulse, your your pulse beginning to quicken. Your hands are starting to s- to swell a bit. Maybe this, maybe this is for you. Can I t- remove the maybe this is for you? This weekend is for you. We love you. God loves you, and you're the reason for the movie this weekend. You're the reason for every campus this weekend, and God wants to do a work in your heart that you never dreamed. When I was stuck in the stuck in the. Man doing drugs and man lonely and hurting in a hole. You could drive a Mack truck. I never knew I could have peace. I never knew there could be victory. I, I never realized it. See, so if you're a believer this weekend, that God wants to use you. If you're a non-believer this weekend, then God wants to save you. He wants He wants your heart. If you're a Christ follower, He wants your hand and feet. But if you're not if you're not a believer yet, John one twelve said, "But to as many as received Him." To them gave he the power to become the sons and daughters of God, even to those who believe on his name. Becoming a believer, it doesn't make you better than anybody else. The only difference between believers and non believers is believers are forgiven. There's, listen, there's no judgmentalism flowing this weekend. We love you. We hear, I'm the pastor. This is the most whacked out group you've ever seen. And the reason there is because they got a whacked out pastor. But I love God, and God loves you, and we love you. And we want you to experience what we have experienced, forgiveness and fullness. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool, the prophet Isaiah said. God wants to change your life today. You know what? For His birthday celebration, which is what Christmas is, many in our, in our generation have forgotten what Christmas is all about. It's the invasion. It's the advent. For, for His birthday, if you're a Christ follower... Would you offer him up your hands and feet that you would be used? But if you're here this weekend and you've never given your heart to Jesus, you've never been born again, then would you offer him your heart? The stable boy offered up a manger. He offered up all that he had for the Christ child to fit in. All you have today. We don't care about your money. We don't care about your status. We don't care what color you are. We don't care about your background. We're inviting you to offer up your heart to Jesus. Just like many of us have done. I promise you this. Nobody ever offered their heart up to God and was sorry. But a lot of people through through the ages of eternity have rejected that. They were so sorry. I promise you'll be glad. We're going to, we're going to pray today. We're going to pray aloud, even though many of us have already bought in and prayed this prayer. It's a confessional prayer. So if you're ready right now, those of you that hands were sweating a minute ago and your heart's your heart's pumping, for those of you, we are going to offer you an opportunity. Heaven is open and God is ready for business. And so if you're ready to begin a relationship with Him, have your sins forgiven, have your name written in the last book of life, then God is ready right now Right now to receive you, but to as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to pray at every campus out loud. We're so thrilled about what God is doing at your campus right now. So let's pray together. Pray out loud. We're, nobody prays alone. Pray this. Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned. I know I'm separated from you. I'm so sorry. Forgive me of my sins. I confess Jesus as Lord. You died for me. You rose from the grave. You were born for me. Now I want to live for you the rest of my life. By faith, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Come on church. Every campus celebrates somebody. Give God some praise in the house. People have been born again. People are committed to give their lives, their hands, their feet. What an exciting time to be a part of the family of God.